Hello and welcome to another episode of the Screaming Eagles podcast, the unofficial podcast of the legit powerhouse that is the Manly Seagulls and the team that all the media are calling the flat track bullies, the Para Eels. I'm your host Ben and joining me as always is the man who was last seen wandering along Pitwater Road muttering to himself about paying overs for players, Billy Night Train Buttons. Well, congratulations for just being here. Yeah, I'll take I'll take my hat off to you. Mm. Um, a lesser man would have called in sick, complained <laughs> of a sore throat. Um, not only I gotta say, not only did you brave the hill, I braved on, it yep. on Sunday night. You also braved three piss stops on the way back to the car. That's true. As you urinated on various businesses throughout Brookvale. Mm. I showed them what I thought of them. <laughs> That's right. So, shout out to uh, Auto Tires and <laughs> yeah, Steelworks and the Cement Factory. Rico Cement. That's it. Um, uh, well, so, mm. once again... You're so happy you can barely talk. <laughs> I've never I'm, I'm seen flustered. you I don't know what to say. I, I mean, I'm sure the la- a large percentage of the listeners were there, but for those who weren't, it was a picturesque day, you've got to say. Yes. It was beautiful winter's Sunday afternoon. Mm. Fatty Vorton's 60th birthday. Wow. Yep. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If someone said it's Fatty's birthday and I went, oh yeah, and they said, it's a milestone. How old do you think he's turning? Probably say 80. <laughs> he does. He hasn't aged well, Fatty. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> um, yeah, I was actually shocked to think, wow, he's he's not that much older than me. <laughs> yeah. He's a bit older than you. You're not. Oh, well, you know, 17 years yeah. or so, like, you know, not that much, but anyway. Mm, but you never played, you never played full contact. It's like when I did my back mm. um, and went to my physio and I had, I made a point of when I had the back surgery, I made a point of like finding a surgeon who'd operated on footy players because I figure these guys, it's their income, like it's their livelihood. So they're yeah. not going to fuck around getting some hack. Mm. So my surgeon actually operated on Robbie Farah's back and amongst others. Right. And so I had the surgery, it all went well, but you know, you rarely meet people who've had back surgery and you go, how's your back? And they go, it's perfect. Better than ever. Yeah, it's better. Like it's a, so Steve Austin, he's probably the only one. Yeah, <laughs> I right. feel a million, I feel like a $6 million man. That's right. So I was, I thought you meant the wrestler, Stone Cold no, Steve Austin. I mean, Austin. I mean yeah, the, the bionic minute, man, yeah, yeah. Steve Austin. Um, but, I said to my physio, I've been going for like a year and I'm like, I just don't get it. Like, you see these footy players, they have the same surgery yeah, and they can go out there and play at the highest level. Mm. And she was like, yeah, you weren't really an elite athlete before <laughs> you had the surgery or after. So, And then is that when you whipped out the picture of you and your budgie smugglers? Yeah, no. Smashing out laps yeah. at uh, Clovelly yeah. going, uh, I beg to differ. Yeah. Game, set, match. <laughs> <laughs> So no, we did, uh, and that's all we've got time for today. Uh, yeah, so we did. We braved it out to Brookie yep. on a lovely afternoon. We got out there nice and early. Shout out to uh, our good friend Silvo who got us yep. free passes. And can we say who Silvo got the free passes off? We certainly can. Uh, Jason King, mm. former uh, Manly captain and Premiership winning mm. forward. Uh, he was nice enough to get us in. Finally, yeah. Yeah. we're getting some recognition for all our hard work we're doing. <laughs> To promote the NRL. Although when he saw me, because he had four tickets, 
and he That's saw me right. in an Eels jersey and he yeah. went, mm, it was three tickets, wasn't it? <laughs> That's right, he did say that. <laughs> Oh, mate. He hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't missed a step. What a sense of humour. He's what still a, a big boy, guy. too. He's, he's like, bigger than ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I still remember in his final year um, playing South. Uh, we, we were playing South in his final year. Yeah. And uh, it was early on in the season. And he took on all three Burgess brothers. Wow. And just beat the shit out of them. Okay. Like, you know how everyone talks about Dylan? You know that one good game Dylan Napa had against South where he like smashed up all three of the Burgess brothers? Yeah. And has never done anything close to that since? Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> I'm just saying he had a good day that day. He's had a few good days. <laughs> Big pappy. <laughs> um that he, he basically that Jason King was the original who did wow. that to the Burgess okay. brothers a couple of years before, but because it's manly, everyone just doesn't like to talk Glass about it. Conspiracy. He single handedly took them on and then even got into a fight because wow. you know you can't you know you, you get into a fight with one of them and the two run over because you know yeah. pussies. <laughs> you know, this, they, I, I don't want you know the, my memory is I can't exactly remember what happened in the fight, but I remember there was a lot of fingers being tried to be poked into mm. eyes. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But uh, yeah, he took them both on. And I'd say, you know, from the look of him, he could still take on a couple of them. He could at least take on George. Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Poor poor old George. Unless he takes his penis out. Unless he takes his penis out. Commonly referred to as the simple one. (laughs) Simple George. (laughs) Simple George. Um, Yeah, so shout out to Luke. uh, Luke. Shout out to Jason Jason King. Jason King. We should try uh, and get him on the pod. Yeah, we should. Mm. Um, And made our way to the hill. Oh, well, we stopped off at Brookie Hotel, which was nice. Yeah, that was good. Um, then we made our way to the hill with uh, four four pines in hand each. <laughs> what a great what a great beer it was! It's not bad. So much better than like the the mid strength rubbish we we had to have at Origin. Yeah, you know? it's good. It was eight dollars a tin. It's not it's not it's kind of normal really nowadays. Eight dollars yeah, uh, a can. It's pretty like reasonable. Maybe you can get it for seven dollars somewhere, but you're not going to argue over a dollar. Yeah. At, at a you know, and for a a craft beer mm. as well. Mm. And I mean, local. that's handmade. Local. Low, uh, what do they call it? Low carbon. Yeah. Because it's it basically was walked there. <laughs> I think they just rolled it down. Pit, well, I think they just rolled them down the hill. Yeah, Put it was on good. Tape. It was good. It was a good uh, venue. I won't go so far as to say it was a good afternoon. Mm. But it was... It was <laughs> good, a, afternoon. Mm, a good afternoon. Good uh, afternoon. But it was a good venue. Um, I'd sooner watch football there... Mm. Than at Olympic Stadium, yeah, and the SCG. Well, anywhere really. <laughs> I could go on SFS, <laughs> but not Bankwest. Uh, no, well, we don't. Well, we'll, we'll find out been, round twenty six. We'll find out about yeah. uh, Bankwest. Yeah, but um, started out promising. Anyway, we'll get into that. We'll later. get into the game later. Yeah. But um, it was it was a bit and and you know like I said before, I take my hat off to you. You turned up, and yeah. it was I think it was a pretty good mix. It was probably about 90 to 10, which is the uh, kind of the mix you want. I reckon it was. There was quite a lot of para fans there. But if I, I mean, I just going around us, yeah. if I looked around us, there would have been eight eight Manly fans to maybe two para fans. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe three because it was yeah. the girl on the other side, you, and then the old guy who's, well, not old, mate. but the other fellas who started giving a stick. And Justin, big listener of the podcast. Oh, yeah, he but Justin down. was brought in. He, he's <laughs> outside of the sample because you, you illegally brought him in. <laughs> Just like, just, just like, like the David NRL, Dell. just like NRL boosts their numbers. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like you you added to the uh, Eels mm-hmm. numbers out there. I'd say 
Thirty percent of your supporters, I think, and I think that's been generous. I think it's quietly. a good, it's a good showing from Parramatta to come all that way. Quite a lot, of, a noticeable crowd. Mm. I think it brought out the best of the, yep. you know, of the manly crowd as I well. I mean, don't forget, you got to remember that a lot of that crowd are probably family members of ex-Manly players who have been poached by the Eels mm. and now they feel like they have to wear para jerseys. Maybe. David Gower's family was probably yeah. there. Gutho's family was there. Sean Lane's family was probably there. Brad Arthur's family. Brad Arthur's family was probably there. I think, you know, Kieran Foran's family probably still turn up wondering where he is. <laughs> I thought he played for para. I don't know. I haven't seen Dad for so long. Oh, too soon, too soon. Um, I tell you what, if he Chock would tur- Chock would turn up. If um, if Chock, Warren's I think was standing next to there, us, but he's so unreliable. What's if that? wife was there. Oh, wife, you would have yeah. known about it. Oh, I would have known about it for sure. <laughs> I would have been all over. I got an alert on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> my ankle bracelet goes off yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm within fifty meters of her. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing. All right. Well, we, we don't want to get too much into the game. I can feel mm. like we we want to talk about it. I know you're dying to get to it. Dying to get past it. <laughs> I'm going to give you this little week of joy because. Well, that's like therapy, yeah, isn't yeah. it? You've got to talk about it to be able to move on. Yeah. We'll just let you guys enjoy one of the rarest things that you've had to experience in recent years. Well, if you go, once we get to hard stats, you realise it's win. not so rare, but yeah. Yeah, okay. anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. But let's get into <laughs> yours. From Uber Eats to Suli Eats, how Des delivered Sulia from himself. Mmm. Des. Definitely the mmm is a bit of Big Mac. Mmm. The Big Mick or the Big Mac? (laughs) The Big Suli. So this was a big story after Suli. Suli had a fantastic game against Souths where he ran 80 metres. I think, I, I don't want to say I'm the only one who was watching that game going, Pass it, pass it. You're going to run out of puff. <laughs> You're going to run out of puff. I feel like it was going to be like that famous, you know that famous um, footage of that guy running the ultra marathon and he's like 50 oh, metres from the yeah. finish line and he, just and he breaks down and he shits his pants <laughs> and he loses all bodily function. You know that You know that um, yeah. footage? Just, yeah. I think everyone thought that was going to be Sully. I think everyone thought it was just going to break down and that he was, was going me, to piss walking himself. walking along Pitwater Road. <laughs> After the game. That's right. Just having to urinate every five seconds. <laughs> but, mate, he... Not only did he make the full 80 metres... Yeah. But he did it with, like, three um, South players hot on his mm. heels and he managed to outpace them. Mm. Um, so it's, a, it's a hard stat revision. Where you, your stat's getting hard just thinking about an is. older hard stat. <laughs> it's nice to go back and revisit yeah. old things that sometimes. That cool, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's like when you call up an ex-girlfriend, you just go... Hey, what are you up to tonight? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this is all... So the, these questions followed basically mm. after that. And uh, Suli went on to uh, tell the world. Um, there's got to be a Jenny Craig sponsorship in here or something well, for him. Yeah, if he was smart, he would have said Jenny Craig. The pens made their money from weight loss. That's where the pens money comes from. I think Jenny Craig. I think they were the original... Oh, really? Jenny Craig. They brought Jenny Craig... Huge opportunity. Literally. Hey, huge. what's that? That's opportunity knocking. 
All right, let's get on the phone. Quick, before this podcast goes out yeah. and our idea is out there for free. That's true. Let's try and charge for it. Mm. Mm. Well, the pen's um, trying to get rid of Manly. That's the only thing. So maybe they should get in. Strike while the iron's hot. Well, so basically what's going on is Des has or- has organised this meal plan called Muscle Meal or something okay. or other that now gets delivered to Suli's mm. house. Now, Des has found the best way to get through to Moses, right? And he's learnt a way to talk to him on a certain level that has made Moses actually listen to him. And that is, he doesn't talk to Moses at all, Moses at all and actually just talks to Moses' mum. Oh. So what he's done is gone, okay, you don't listen. So what I'm going to do is talk to the person who brings out the wooden spoon and fucking gives you a flogging. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so he's actually been chatting to, so to Suli's mum. Because um, I've got a friend. Moses' mum, sorry, Suli's last a, name. A friend, in inverted commas, <laughs> yeah. who also is prone to the odd Big Mac, one or two Big Macs, yeah. too many. Yeah, and I, I think um, Michael Jackson had a song about him, right? Man in the Mirror? Is that <laughs> is that is that the friend you're talking about? Don't know, don't know. And... <laughs> Often I know this friend has told me in some very self-reflective moments <laughs> that it, uh, it often is like you get so hungry and you think, I'm not going to eat some crap. I'm just going yep. to eat like something healthy today. Yeah. Some pine nuts. But you just don't think of anything. Mm. And then 12 o'clock becomes 1 o'clock and mm. 1 o'clock becomes 2 o'clock. Mm. And you're like... I'm just going to get a fucking Big Mac because yep. it would be so delicious. Yep. And then you eat it and you feel... It's almost like a, it's like a muscle memory, isn't yeah, it? It's exactly. like, oh, I don't know what to do. So but muscle, if you practice you something... Let me just write this down for my friend, <laughs> muscle. <laughs> and uh, as an aside, I expect I'll be very jacked at the next <laughs> podcast recording. Um, so, uh, yeah, so basically he's ordered this stuff. And, now, and Moses went on to say he used to sit down and eat a whole... Uh, Macca's family meal mm. to himself. Now, I actually... <laughs> That's not that impressive. Well, I, I I went online to see what that actually means and it's two Big Macs, two cheeseburgers, two large fries, two small fries, round of Cokes. That's a I fair effort. I guess it's a lot, yeah. I guess it's a lot. I feel like we've we've nudged it after a couple of sessions yeah, at the Petersham Inn. I think there was one time I went in there and ordered a cheeseburger, Big Mac and, and nuggets. some nuggets. <laughs> Which is yeah. my want. But I'm watching my weight, so I won't have the fries. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I pat myself because this is getting down to a really base level argument on this, mm. right? But at least with nuggets, you can go, yeah, protein. Yeah. At least with the Big Macs and the quarter pounders, yeah, protein. There's literally nothing in fries that you can feel good about. Okay, that's so my that's... problem. So I just need to cut the fries out and I'll <laughs> be losing weight. And you always go I mean, my and you always do you always have a Coke with it too. I love the Coke. Well, I never have a Coke. So always anyway. in one. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the thin white duke. <laughs> um Yeah, so anyway, so that's got so that's that's the secret to his plan. Wow. Not eating McDonald's yes. he's more, and eating healthily. Oh, he, he's more personally than a coach. shocked. He's he's kinda of like a father. I mean, do we throw the word guru around? <laughs> I mean, if, if if Kieran Foran was in the team, you know Des would be described as a father figure. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's... <laughs> Everyone except for Kieran Foran's father is <laughs> described as that. Mm. I think you were at one stage, weren't you? A father figure? To Kieran Foran? Uh, maybe to his kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of... Yeah. 
I'll swap you a Kieran Foran for whatever you have in your pockets right now. As Bulldogs try to unload. Oh, they try, you were kind of in Fidel's corner. Well, but, no. Yeah. Because as always seems to happen, Manly gets linked. So apparently uh, he's being shopped around. Yeah. And the Bulldogs are willing to pay half his freight. Which sounds like a good deal until you then keep on reading in the contract. As we found out today, you've always got to read the full contract before signing it. Foreign's on $1.2 million next season. So even if they're paying half the freight, 600000 for a broke, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, nah. I mean, if you like you like to do with Turbo, when you add that up to games played, yeah, you'd be paying him probably about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a game, <laughs> which you know, yeah, that's a fair. Walk. I think he's he's why? What's Manly like? What's Manly got to gain from it? Cuss. I think it's. Got, yeah, I, I, I don't even know. I think it's because at the end of the day, Des bought. I think that the link is not so much Manly, but I think it's the Dez, link is Des. Yeah. Des signed him to the Bulldogs mm. and before Kieran, before Kieran could play under Dez Dez was sacked okay. so was I think it's one of left? those things where people like now now keep in mind um, you know this is just a report but um, you know and I think I think people like to link that up but I think Dez, I think it's one of those things where it's like well he's got DCE he doesn't he doesn't need them both we've got the Turbo Brothers to sign we've got too much now, who was asked... Because Des was also asked about Josh um, Reynolds. Yeah. Um, point blank. And he just came out and said, well, we can't afford it. I think it was at the post. It was in the... Yeah, yeah. we listened to it. We listened to it on the way back from the game. Um, and he just said, well, there's such a thing as a salary cap and there's no way we could afford Josh Reynolds. So yeah. that's the end of that. So if yeah. they can't afford Josh Reynolds, they sure as shit can't Yeah, Josh afford. Reynolds wouldn't be 600 grand a year, would he? Well, he'd be on eight. He's on eight. But you wouldn't. He's not. Gu- he's he's not even playing first grade now. No, no. He'd be, you know, three or four. Yeah. Oh, breaking news. Oh, hang on. That's oh, that's Kieran Foran's manager right now. Uh, no, we don't want him on the podcast. <laughs> but thanks anyway. Thanks for the offer. Um. So yeah. So anyway, that's uh, being shopped around. Yeah. Maybe the Eels could give him a. Well, you, when I'll Dylan Brown when Dylan Brown moves on, you want to have someone playing five eight. But anyway, I was blaming a lot of other people. How Moses turned things around. What a, what a story it was. It, it, it read a lot better before the game on the weekend. Uh, yeah. The, the, but I at least mean, at every- least you know he's not blaming others for the Sunday game now, though. I guess. I mean, everything sounds a bit shitty after a loss. Like, I was a bit triggered even watching this feel-good story about David Gower. I'm like, you should be out there training. <laughs> what are you doing? What Things you doing for other people for. family. <laughs> um, but I thought Moses has been good this year. I didn't think Moses had any... You know, he was one of Para's better players the other day. He, you couldn't really say he did anything wrong he didn't do anything amazing no i, I, I would say worse than him yeah I, I would say he was one of your better players like paris halves were one of the only things i looked out at that game and went well at least they're okay mm. um i'm not going to be screaming out for them to you know be immortals mm. yes let's not get into the game too much no but um yeah he, he did blame other people but moses is still going to be a prickly character like i think you as Eels fans, we have to be prepared that he's a bit moody, 
if mm. they can if he can manage it a little bit then that's fine i think you saw him going on with the our jungle stuff after the round one in particular mm. he's got that in him he's got a bit of smart ass niggly and he's one of those players that other teams are going to want to smash so i don't want to i don't want to start pretending oh actually he's a really nice lovable guy who's he's no dca is what you're saying <laughs> Yeah, well, he's got mates, and he's not a, <laughs> but um, I think I think he's you know still going to be disliked. Mm. So I'm, I take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, I think I can cop him saying that when he's playing a bit better. Mm. And he's and you know he's playing well, and he's not off contract. He's already signed the contract extension. So that was one of his contract uh, you know things where everyone's like he only plays well in the lead up to a contract. Mm. Um, I think he's playing pretty well this year. Mm. Yeah, I think it's one. I wonder if it's one of those things where, um, I mean, I never subscribe to this way of thinking, but people people <laughs> describe DC as selfish as well early on in his career. Um, obviously, crazy, mad, crazy, bitter people. Yeah, they don't they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think once he was given the captaincy and he was given that responsibility, he suddenly realised that everyone's looking to him and. You know, and, and I think he's flourished since he's been captain, and maybe that's what Moses needed as well. As to, although he's not captain, I understand that. But by getting rid of Corey Norman and bringing in a 19-year-old half, yeah, you're essentially saying, "Well, it's up to you now." Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, sure. In when the when the game gets real tough, you'll obviously have Tim Manor there as. <laughs> as the captain to help you through. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's your team. You call the players, you manage the style of football, you know, and, and I think, I guess instead of, you, you can't be selfish when you're in that situation. Otherwise you'll just get absolutely smashed with the ball every time. Yeah. If you try and do everything yourself. You maybe, know, like. maybe. And I also feel like, like Corey Norman was the, the king at Parra in terms of social status. You could mm. see if you ever followed the Instagram, he's yeah. the one that all the young players flock to. Mm. They're still flocking to him, the Parra players. Now yeah. half of Gutho and Reed Marnie and all those guys are all about YKTR. Mm. They're all about, yeah, the boys, yeah, brother Normie, you know, and that's when he's at a different club. So I also think in a weird way that may be rubbed off on Moses as well, where he was never going to own Parra while yeah. Norman was there. Yeah. I'm still not convinced like Moses uh, is a much better player than Norman, but I don't think the two well, of how the them, dragons going this year. Yeah, I know, um, but I don't think the two of them really work together. It mm. became clear, and um, you know, you can't be half pregnant. So they've got Moses, mm. they've signed him. So if you if you got him, you got to kind of run with him. Yeah, you're not gonna. There's no point having him and paying him the amount of money they're going to be paying him. And then being being half asked about it. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll see. Emotional Dylan Walker fights back tears. <laughs> so Dylan Walker got interviewed, he just expressed his expressed his love for Manly. Mm. And like look, and like most of us, whenever we do talk about our love for Manly it <sighs> I told you. I, I told you I wanted a box of tissues. I thought that was for the hard stats. <laughs> I told you I want a box of tissues for the podcast, okay? Now cut this out. Don't put this to air. But I fucking told you, okay? So next time... Sorry. Sorry now look at me. Yeah. Look, I'm blubbering all over myself. I need, I, I got, I need to blow my nose on something. <laughs> uh-huh. um, 
so yeah so he was fighting back tears about his love for the game for the love of manly and how he wants to stick around and he's not he's admitted he's not playing his best football mm. and um and uh but he is hoping for a new contract um will he get one um well i don't i definitely don't think he's manly's priority mm. right now i think he's back he's probably about two three possibly four players back in the queue in terms of re-signing yeah You've obviously got Jake and Tom, so they want to get them locked down. Yeah, that'd be, what, one and two? Yeah. <laughs> so Jake and Tom would be one and two. Yeah. Now they want to see how much they get signed for to know how much they then got yeah. to spend after that before they start offering. I mean, they'd be stupid to offer Dylan you. Walker a contract before they're locked down. Mm. So I think that'd be, num- that'd be one and two. Um, Number three, obviously, in terms of priority, because he's been chased by other clubs, yeah. is Brad Parker. Yeah. Um, so you got to lock down the guys who are in demand and what other clubs, what you know, they what other clubs want. Now, I don't think there's been a lot of talk about Dylan Walker mm. by any other clubs. So really, we could probably leave it until February next year. Yeah. Before we really lock it down. That well, it's like an auction, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> That's you know, right. Whereas there's got to be supply and demand. That's right. If there's no demand... Yeah. Well, then... Well, he just gets passed in. Yeah. <laughs> He's passed in with and the spoon. Yeah, that's right. So, um, it'll be interesting. You, if, you, if you listen to what he's on now, he's on about 600. You sign him again, you can, you can, drop, you can knock a couple of 100,000 off that contract easily. Mm. I think the problem with Dylan Walker, I see, uh, there's, there's a few, mm. right? But this... This domestic violence thing mm. has no one likes him anymore. Even Manly fans, I think they like you like anyone who's playing well, mm. but he's really damaged his brand. And part of his brand was like he loved the confrontation. He seemed mm. to play best mm. when he was being a prick and when he was yep. giving it to people and yep. you know just being a nuisance. Yep. And he really doesn't want to do that anymore. Because he knows everyone hates him and everyone sees him as a wife basher, mm. rightly or wrongly, mm. allegedly. Mm. But I think that's affecting him how he plays, mm. and I, I think I don't know how he gets through it. He needs time, maybe, just to yeah. to get back to that aggressiveness because that it was that aggressiveness that made him a what? good player, and what? he's it's, he's kind of lost it. He wasn't bad on the on the weekend, but I'd like not, to. I, I yeah. meant to watch the game. Because when you're up on the hill, it's hard to follow individual players so much to see exactly how they're going. So I'd like to watch the game again to see how he did go at 5-8. I don't want to watch No? Oh, I was going to see strange. what you're up to later tonight. Um, <laughs> but I will, I will say from a, from a Manly fan's point of view, it does give you... I think, I think you're absolutely right about that aggression. But, and, and for me, it's kind of... It's like, like Mick Innes right or even Josh Reynolds they're grubs on the field but you get a sense when they're off the field they're completely different guys you know they call it yeah. white line fever mm. is that what it's called yeah or something as soon as they go over the white line they suddenly turn into different people oh, okay. I thought white line to fever see- was either when you had a coke problem yeah or when you were like uh, really wanted to try so you got close to the try line and you just couldn't help yourself you didn't, oh, you'd never maybe passed. okay anyway something someone, someone can clear that up something and then um, I think what it's shown with this is Dylan Walker is highly aggressive, gets in people's face, doesn't like that. On the field, 
But then you think, well, is this what... But then it's kind of like, well, is this what he's like off the field as well? Yeah. And if he's like that off the field, when you see it happening on the field, you go, oh, I've just had a real glimpse into what it's like <laughs> at his place on a Saturday night. Not that I'm saying that is. No, I know. I'm definitely know. not saying that's what is happening. No. But it plays on your mind that, oh, is this what he's like? Like... What getting in in Curtis Scott's face is that what he does to some guy at the pub or yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of and it just it, it 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 you're right it has tainted that well it's that aggressive attitude on the field for him when he's playing and as a fan watching him it, it's sort of like ooh like when he was a when he was yelling at the he yelled at the ref uh, against Souths now he's yelled at the ref before and yelled abuse at him and everything and I've just been like oh yeah you got it wrong ref fucking yeah, yeah, yeah Dylan. Exactly. but when yeah. I heard it at South I was like ooh oh, just shut up don't mm. talk to people like that you know what I mean yeah. it's kind of like yeah so I don't know uh, for me he's a very low priority mm. um, you know having said that he didn't play you know the fact he didn't come and play 5-8 is kind of helpful but as a centre he's been kind of you know I think he's scored one try in four games or something. Mm. Brad Parker came back, scored one try in one game. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later in hard stats, but I mean, you're the you're the money guy, Bill. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that is as a percentage, but surely Brad's is better. But anyway, did we go into that? Flat track bullies have para been exposed. Wow. So again, we don't want to go into the game. We'll get to the game and then we won't talk about anything. <laughs> So everyone will be like, we'll have so much to say, we won't know where to start. And then we'll panic and talk about Titans well, and the Tigers. Yeah, we, we can't go too long either because uh, I'm oh, going to yeah. wrap it up soon. Oh, wow. In like 10 minutes. Oh, no, I've got, I've got a little bit longer. Okay. So I've been saying this. I, I don't want to... I don't want to pat... You know me, I'm the last one to pat myself on the back. <laughs> yeah, mainly because I'm not sure, very... You know, sure. I, I'm not very limber. Can't sure. get my hands back there. Mm. But I've, I've, called, I've, made, I've made a couple of calls which the mainstream media has cottoned onto about a month later. And this is just another one. I've been calling power flat track bullies for at least the last 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've been calling them flat track bullies for probably the last six weeks. Mm. And I've seen it the way they win. Um, you know, big tough guys at Bank West. And then as soon as they get out of Bank West, they just fall apart. They don't they like... Want they want to have fun. That's all they want to do. And if it's not fun, they don't want to compete. And that's yeah. what it comes down to. So, I mean, and I think that is the classic flat track bullies, right? Well, it was Dan Ganane, um on, I think, was it Triple M or Fox? But it was then reported in News, uh, News Corp, in the Telegraph and the News Corp press. Mm. Okay. Um, so I can't read it all because I refuse to pay... For a good friend Michael Carianis's salary, mm. um, but he basically said the Eels have beaten the Tigers twice, the Bulldogs they beat South, you know, reserve grade team. Under strength. Um, he did say, "Oh, they beat the Raiders, and that was a good win, mm. and they beat the Panthers, but the Panthers weren't very good then." And they that beat, was first round. And they beat yeah. the Broncos, but when the Broncos were at their worst, mm. and they beat. 
you know, I think they were the main ones. I think that we've just listed all their wins. Oh, mm. But, oh no, St George. And that mm. was a good win, but St George weren't going very well either. Ah, oh, but I think... St George were... Some of those you could take as a decent win and some probably not so much. I think South, you could probably chalk that up to, yes, yeah. origin affected. I think the Tigers also aren't great. I, I think the Raiders win, win was a good but win. When, but when you're in the top eight, mm. you do look at other teams going, yeah, well, they're not that great. Well, of course they're not that great. That's why your team's yeah. higher than them on the ladder. It's kind of like last year when Manly was coming second last and Power coming last, and you kind of look at every game. Wow, how are and we you go, beat these guys? how the hell are we going to beat these guys? It seems like every round we're playing a good team. It's like, well, no, you they're just, just better. Than, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, you, know, you, you, you kind of circle Titans, and if you're a Manly fan, Warriors as a, yeah. you know, well, we should get them here, but that's so, about it. Yeah. So it was. Um, I think the point is there. The point he made, the secondary point. Mm. I think was a better point where he said, which of the top teams are going to be scared by playing para? And I think that's a fair point because they're just, they're just not consistent. They're not that good, A, mm. and B, they're not that consistent. Mm. Uh, and I think it's probably a good reminder to all the Eels fans that are getting a little bit ahead of themselves mm. about, oh, we might make the top four even, people are starting to think. Well, you, you might not even make the eight. Because there's a whole lot of teams that you know gathered around that mm. area. The second thing that came out of the actual interview that that Ganane said that in was um, one of the girls. I didn't. I don't know her name, but one of the girl presenters said, "I think you need to put some perspective on this. Think about how bad Para were last year. Their team isn't that noticeably different." Um, so people need to temper their expectations, and I think that's probably also right. So I think yeah. they're both kind of right. Yeah. Um, the game on the weekend showed that Para just don't have what it takes to stand up to. Well, it's shown that some team. teams can turn around, turn yeah. it around in a season, and some teams can't. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Mm. It's and but yeah. we, I think the difference is is Para last year underperformed, but. They still, on paper, as far as I'm concerned, we're still probably like a 13th, 12th kind of team. Whereas, and we talked about this ad nauseum last year under Trent Barrett, you know, we, we got like eight representative players in the team. Mm. How we came 15th is ridiculous. So I yeah. think Des, Des deserves some credit for turning him around. But at the same time, I think you can't underestimate how much Trent underperformed with what he had. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. Anyway, I had a I had a news story, but I, I just can't be bothered. It was about um, it was about <laughs> the Warringa Rats versus Manly get, still getting a bigger crowd. <laughs> but I've just used up all my firepower all week on Twitter. Yeah. If anyone's not on Twitter, if you want to see someone just fighting the masses, <laughs> I did get some crazies come out of the woodwork. I, I went out there after the game and I thought mm. I'm just going to throw a few haymakers and you know yeah. trigger people, just try and troll. When I had some loony guy like threaten me, like you see you're on the jersey, you see you're on the hill wearing your jersey. You're lucky you got out of there alive. <laughs> I'm like. All I saw was like a bunch of fairly polite people <laughs> yeah. and like kids and stuff. It was all pretty lighthearted. Yeah. Know? The scariest moment was probably when we parked the car and that crazy guy, that crazy homeless guy was like, you're wearing the wrong jersey, mate. 
That's right. When he said that, I thought he was talking to me. So I thought, this guy looks like a para fan of ever I fucking seen one. Hey, the Manly hey. fans are pretty feral, aren't they? Yeah. Like, they're not... All this, oh, where the, where the northern, northern beaches are late. It's like, they're pretty... They're... Mate, we're just, we're just a working class team. <laughs> humble. We're just humble motherfuckers with a great big dick. Yeah. Jeff Toovey, the man to have dragons breathing fire oh, again. Wow. Toovey watch. Now... How would you feel it's about this? Fe- <laughs> it's feeling kind of sad. Mm. And I, I don't want to say this about a manly legend, life member of the club. What one man? premierships. You're talking about what? Huh? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. One premierships as a player and as a water boy. Yeah. But <laughs> you see the new Jason Taylor. He's a bit desperate too. But but I don't think he's going out there. It's just like his name seems to be thrown no, out he there. He's going out there. For every club that needs a coach, they th- and that used to be Jason Taylor. You know, like, oh, you don't like our coach. You don't like your coach. Well, we'll bring Jason Taylor in. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's a bit like the Millsy of like, you yeah. know, of TV hosting. But I don't think he's... Um, I don't think he's as... You know, Jason Taylor, people hated Jason Taylor. No, 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 don't give us Jason no, no Taylor. I don't think twos. anyone would be saying, oh, don't give us twos, don't give us twos. But at the same time, they just seem to throw his name in there for every job that comes up. Regard, like, There's no way Toovey's going to get a job as a Dragons coach. Trent Barrett has more chance of getting that because he used to play for them. Mm. Like, It's just not going to happen. I'd say Toovey's got more chance of getting the Titans gig than he would at the Dragons. Mm. Like, The Dragons have so many... I just think the Dragons have so many more options. Yeah. than the Titans do based on their roster. I mean, they've got a good roster. Good so good there's a they're, whole... in a good, they're in Sydney. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of coaches who are probably going, yeah, shit, I'll do that. Like, I just don't see it happening. He's got no links to St. George whatsoever. I just don't... Uh, it that makes no sense yeah. to me. But I think at some point, just like Kevy did, Kevy just went, okay, I'm not... This is embarrassing. I'm not going to keep putting my name out there and then getting knocked back. So the same with the Titans. And he's just gone, no, I'm not interested in the job. And they're like, well, what if I offered it to you? He goes, well, that would be different. <laughs> he literally said that. <laughs> That's so but cool. what he's saying is you can fucking chase me. And if you come, if you knock on my door yeah. with a contract... Show that, me the money. Then sure, I might sign it. But I'm not going to come in for an interview or anything. Yeah. You know what? You know who I am. You know what I can do. And, and, and you know, I'll be honest. I'm a bit like that with my job. They, 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 people call me. I'm saying, can you see me in your CV? I was going, no. <laughs> Look, ask around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sending you my CV. I'm not. I've been doing this for 20 years. Like if you know, it's not going to be between me and some little fucking 20 year old. Yeah. You either want me or you don't. Mm. And I feel like that's what Tuvi needs to just maybe pull back a bit. Yeah. It's probably the you know it's the journo's as well. They're just going. Oh, quick. Who's out there at the moment? Oh, Tuvi. He does. Uh, he's not. He doesn't hose it down. He does come across as though he's pretty keen for another coaching gig. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I don't. The more I hear him talk, the less like the more he's in the media. Yeah. The less I think of him as a coach. I know that sounds a bit unfair, mm. but I when he was dumped from Manly, I thought, oh, that's a bit harsh. Oh, hundred um, percent. But when I see him in the media, I'm mm. not. I'm not as big a fan now as I. Not that I was ever a fan, mm. but um, I don't think he's doing himself any favors. I think you're right. Maybe you need to be his manager because he's starting to look a bit desperate, and you start going, "Oh, if he's so desperate, like, yeah, why does he keep getting rejected yeah, from everywhere?" Exactly. So, I mean, Laurie Daly pulled the plug on it too. He was going for everything, and then he just went, "Oh, fuck it, okay, forget it." Yeah, exactly. And now he just does his big breakfast morning show, whatever the hell that he does. 
<laughs> goes to the uh, 30th anniversary of the, uh, the 89 finals. Yeah. That's all he's, he's a full-time anniversary celebrator. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've put it off long enough, but let's get into game. Hottest ticket on the calendar, you would have to say. All the previous rounds have led to this moment. The last 12 you months. Say that for every game? The, tw- <laughs> the last 12 months have, have been leading to this one great moment. I felt like yesterday's game, it felt like the finale of Game of Thrones. It's kind of like, fuck, there's been a lot of story, a lot of intrigue, a lot of subplots, a lot of characters have come and gone some shock deaths, you know? It's mm. like, whoa, I can't believe they got rid of him. Can't That's unbelievable. Blake Ferguson is not playing. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> don't think anyone saw that coming. Can't believe he actually signed him, you know? That's crazy, you know? But I felt like that was the finale of Game of Thrones and much like the finale of Game of Thrones, it didn't disappoint. <laughs> and it was the ending that I think everyone, everyone deserved. And I think, I, think, I think everyone, and when you look at it, regardless of whether you think Jon Snow should have been king at the end, or regardless if you think Paris should have won at the end, when you think about it, it was the right ending. <laughs> that, 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 that's all I'll, that, that, that's just how I just wanted to open it up. Yeah. Okay. Being there, watching the game, watching these 12 men out there on the field. 15 you had. Huh? You had 15 <laughs> men on the field. 12 men on the field being led by one of the greatest leaders the world has ever known. <laughs> it reminded me of something. It reminded me of another 12 men who followed a great leader. They were called the 12 apostles. <laughs> and what was that man that they were following, you ask? Well, that's our saviour, Jesus Christ. Tim Manor would love this podcast. <laughs> that's right. And it was on Sunday. The Lord's Day. <laughs> they were out there doing the Lord's work, Billy. Oh. And if Israel Folau will tell you, you cannot go against the Lord or he will smite you down <laughs> and sue you for $50 million. <laughs> With great vengeance. With great furious anger. With great vengeance and crowdfunded money. <laughs> so it, I sometimes like to hedge my bets. Mm. At no point during the week did I think we were going to lose. Mm. I had a, I had a, had a sense, I had a feeling, everything was going our way. I just knew that we're not the manly team of old. I knew we wouldn't crumble. Yeah. I knew that we would draw a line in the sand, the brookie turf sand, <laughs> and say, "You shall not pass." And you didn't, except the refs the helped refs. you a couple of times. Yeah. They can't get past. All right, let's just let's just call a penalty and let them get down there because this is getting boring. Mm. I think it was because the way Manly was running in the first half, the refs were facing the sun and they're like, "Oh, this is, fuck, this is killing us." So they just let Parra get down the other end just to give themselves a bit of a break from well, the that sun. That was the end. The first half, 
um, was where you got all your points, right? At the no. end of that first half. Yeah, but we got another two tries in the second half. Mm. I mean, there's, I, I appreciate there was a lot of tries to keep track of. Yeah. But if you're going to say, yeah, where did we score our, you know, our, all our tries from, the majority of them, 80% of them, roughly, were in the first half, yeah. Mm. But, I mean, it's hard to keep track. Mm. It, was, it was just, you know, it was just one after the other. It's like NRL with crowd numbers. Yeah. It's hard to get an exact count of how mm. many have gone through well, the they gates get, they count them at so the we just round field. up we just round up i think we got like 25 tries i'm just gonna <laughs> and i think there was thirty thousand at the game yeah it was a good crowd good crowd well it was good i mean i think um tom travojevic was excellent yeah very good mm. had one of his blinders mm. um and it seemed to be that para ruck there were two I mean Para were just kind of outplayed all around the field mm. but in particular the ruck where it just felt like Manly were just rolling up the we field we were just doing from, we, we were just rolling down the field for like 70, 80 metres and, and and this was one where again it triggered me a little on the beat the whole thing triggered me obviously mm. but I heard some discussion after the game which I thought was quite interesting where um, the Manly players were interviewed and they were saying, yeah, we know Para's got these big boppers with no lateral movement. Mm. And so we knew that we'd just be able to, you know, get around them. And it you compare the two teams' approach where obviously Manly seemed to come into that game with a very different game plan, you mm. know, a very specific game plan mm. to address Para's players mm. Para came into the game again maybe it was just they just didn't have the class but it didn't really feel like they adjusted at all like mm. Manly put these points on them and then Para just kept doing the same thing um, so that was disappointing they didn't you know Para's defence Para scored enough points where you can't really point the finger at the attack you know the halves were decent mm. um, they were missing Ferguson which is a big loss for Para, but as I said last week, I'm not convinced that's a very, you know, in this day and age, and I've had Manly fans coming at me all week, but it, Blake Ferguson is our best player. Like, everyone's oh, going, oh, oh, you're in trouble if you've got to have your winger as your best player. Yeah. It's like, well, I said that last week. Yeah. This is this is the approach yeah. we've taken. Well, we said this walking back from the game, yeah. right? Like, we'd spent the last 100 minutes just trading insults yeah. on the hill to each other. Yeah. Mo most of them just made up falsehoods. <laughs> but at, at a moment of truth, I did say that if you had... Forget about whose team. If you were just a punch and you said, okay, there's two teams playing each other. One has their winger out and the other one has their starting hooker and their starting 5-8 five, five out. Who's at a greater disadvantage? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 98% yeah. of people would say, oh, well, the team without the hooker and the 5'8". You'd have the odd crazy person saying, oh, the winger, you know. Mm. Um, but... Well, that's para. That's, that, and that, that's that a crazy play. So I just, right? I think it's I think it's a concern if mm. you're... Well, that's where their points come from, it seems. Yeah. And, and that seems to be the way... I don't think it really would have changed anything because it wasn't like para weren't scoring. Mm. Um so I don't like Blake Ferguson isn't going to slow down Manly's ruck. So I he might have given us a bit more attack from you know from kicks that might yeah. have tired Manly a bit. Mm. 
But I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the game. Um, it, you know, it affects Para not having Ferguson. But I think Manly were smart enough. Where they, they, it wasn't the defining factor. I think the defining factor in that game was Paris forwards just are not very good. Well, 2019, the 2019 catchphrases uh, for the NRL this this season has been syndesmosis, mm. and the other one, the other one that they like to bring out is effort areas. Ooh. And I would say Manly really got you in the effort areas. Yeah. And I don't think Blake Fergus is really going to help you in those effort areas. <laughs> unless there's... Unless, unless he's wearing a dress. There's a few cruisers involved. <laughs> but I, I think it comes down... This is, this is what I like. And, 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 you know, don't get me wrong. Manasseh Fino is a great hooker. But I do think if Arpi was out there, it would have been even more destructive. But the modern day fullback, right? The way... Like, you go back to Billy Slater's era right he sort of came in he was the one I mean I think it was more Brett Stewart let's say Brett Stewart's era fuck, him. fuck that Jared Hayne maybe no, fuck that studs first cunt the Brett Stewart era, era was when you're within the 20 metres mm. attacking he would fly around one of the side and become an extra playmaker it's basically having another half in the line right good passing good running all that kind of stuff that's how it was during Brett, Brett Stewart's era. These days, the great fullbacks are the ones who do strong runs from dummy half. Mm. You look at Tedesco and Tommy, and they hang around the middle of the field just waiting for that defense to just not quite be there. They'll call off the hooker, and they'll come through and pick it up from dummy half and do some runs. Mm. Tommy was having more... I reckon Tommy would have been having two to three hit-ups. Mm. Especially in that second half. Yeah, he, yeah. he was just unstoppable. And he was just running through it. He had like 250 metres or something. And that's yeah. just where... That's what I think the great fullbacks are doing these days. Mm. Is they're just doing that around the ruck. And that's why we're opening you up around there. And I just don't think... Gutho... Gutho you, you watch it. You watch yeah. more power games than I do. But I don't see Gutho doing a lot of that. He does that. He just didn't... He was just up against someone better than him. Mm. And... Uh, he he was he had a very very quiet game. Do you think Tommy had a point to prove? Uh, Do you think Gutho was? I wouldn't. I, I, it's not like Tom never performs like that. Like I think it, the occasion was you know it was a beautiful day. It was at a big a full. I dare say it's full. I know it's not mm. officially full, but there weren't a lot of empty seats there. Um, at Brookvale but at the end of the day my point being so I being, think it was the occasion he stood to the occasion but, but my was, point being is he was the man who replaced Gutho Manly were like well who would we want to go with we'll go with Tommy we'll let Gutho go do you think Tommy, Tommy went okay I'm going to show you you picked the right guy yeah I wouldn't I picked wouldn't his think pocket I, don't, I think only Manly fans seem really upset about Gutho leaving we're I not upset I'm just saying do you think Tommy do you think Tommy had something to prove I don't I mean not really. No. Insofar as he's was picked ahead, like is is Gutherson Let me rephrase that. Tommy had something to prove. Yeah. There you go. Well, I've taken I, the question out yeah. of it. I don't. I don't. I don't think he does because I don't think anyone, even the most one-eyed para fan, mm. doesn't think Gutherson's better than Tom Trebojevic, right? Mm. So, but yeah, maybe he was a reminder. Like, hey, I guess just because you're paying him so I'm much money, we just assumed you thought he was better than Tommy. But you're not paying him even half of what you're paying. Well, we, 
You were paying him double what we're paying Tommy at the moment. <laughs> That'll game. change by the end of the Not season. Not per game. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so I, that's, the, that's the other thing. You know, Manly this season have just always been in the games. Mm. And that's the other thing. As we walked away from that game, like I, I put money on Manly. Right, because I knew I saw Manly were a buck sixty at one point, mm. and I was like, "There's no way." That was before Ferguson got out, and I was like, "Para, I've just followed them for long enough to know they're not going to surprise me." No. and that's the thing that disappoints you with Para. Like I'd say, Manly have surprised a lot of people this year. Para have probably surprised where they where they are generally, mm. but their wins. There's not been any game where you've gone, and that's where you know they're right with that headline, flat track bullies. There's been no game where you come out and go, "Wow, maybe I had Para all wrong." Mm. You see where Para are. They're a, they're a middle of the road team, and when the pressure's on them, they've rarely kind of against a team that's in good nick at home. You know, when Para's away, they're not going to beat them. So. I think everyone has to temper their expectations and I'm I'm done where I'm just going, okay, Parra's not going to win this year. Mm. Gonna, it's going to be another year without a premiership. We knew that, I guess, at the start of the year. But even now, I think you have to temper your expectations and go, okay, what positives can you take out of it? We're letting go a bunch of players. Mm. We need another hooker, mm. I think, because mm. Marnie, doing, Marnie made something like 180 tackles, something insane like that. And being dominated, he's, he's shorter than me, right? Mm. So they need another... They can't play Reed Marnie for 80 minutes. They need a better forwards um, and try and work on the fact that, okay, at least we've got our halves sorted for the next year. Well, much like... I've got to say, much like the Lord of the Rings mm. saga and the Brady Bunch go to Hawaii and the Brady Bunch go to the Grand Canyon, mm. this game is too much to fit into one podcast. Yes. So just like those, we're going to have to split it Ooh. and call this part one. We'll talk about, I've got so many headlines and so many thoughts yeah. and so many more religious things to say about Manly that we're going to talk about that in part two yes. of the podcast. It's going to be called Manly, the second coming. <laughs> the second coming of ben. this is This is the first coming and we'll have the second coming in a week once we've... You know what you like? You like Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, in that what was it? That what? Terminator. No, no, the bodybuilding one. Oh, uh, pumping iron. Pumping iron. I guess yeah. I'm coming in the morning. I'm coming in the evening. I'm coming and coming and coming. It's as satisfying to me as uh, coming is, you know, as uh, having sex with a woman and coming. So can you believe how much I am in heaven? I'm like uh, getting the feeling of coming in the gym, I'm getting the feeling of coming at home, I'm getting the feeling of coming backstage when I pump up, when I pose out in front of 5,000 people, I get the same feeling, so I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right? <laughs> so, you know, I'm in heaven. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to leave it there, mm. but uh, we do have a whole lot of I'm done's and hard stats, which we will get to in the second half mm. of the podcast part two uh and uh hopefully we tune in then um billy thank you for turning up today thank you for turning up on sunday i admire you <laughs> just like i admire um you know muhammad ali at his last fight he came out punch drunk everyone knew he was going to get beat 
stammering around, could barely throw a punch, but at least he got in the ring. Mm. And I feel like that's been you over the last yeah. couple of days. It's been the last 30-odd years, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, as we always say, this time of the night, may your dreams be filled with maroon and white, and may Tommy Turbo kiss your hand and good night. No matter what, got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they stay there. Won't stop now. Whoa. Keep your hands up, get them in the sky for the homies that ain't making it. My folks locked down. Whoa. I never went nowhere. What they say in loot is back. Yeah. Blame it on that conjure. The hood call it loot yak. Hey. And I'm on this foolish track. So I spit my foolish flow. Whoa. My hands go up and down, down. like strippers' booties go. Whoa. My verses still be serving, tight like a million virgins. Yeah. Last time on a college remix, now I'm on the original version. Ah. Can't never count me out. Y'all better count me in. Got 20 bank accounts. Accountants count me in. Make millions every year, the South champion. Because all I do, all I, all I, all I, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Serving me's a no-no Clean as a whistle as I pull out in my Rose race Yellow bone passenger They see it, they say, oh boy Tell Kelly, back it up, my niggas call me loco Down for armed trafficking, don't make me pull that fofo Ask you what you laughing at, represent that mud life Dirty money, bitch, you better get your mud right We come together, holding hands and holler mud life We all strapping all black, it's like mud life All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Hot on the stove, water getting boiled, dope being sold, Snoopy in the hookie, system overload, I've been running this rap game since I was 20 years old, I hung with the worst of them, bust till I burst them up, floss them up, toss them up, harder one, cross them up, pardon me, I'm bossing up, pressure up, bless your bro, don't mess with us. We like the U in the 80s. Back to back, set a track. Hit the lick, get it back. Hit the trick, jump the track. Bitch, I want my money back. Time and time again, while I'm sipping on this gin. Al Davis said it best, just win, baby, win. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there, and they stay there.